Really glad to have you uh, here and all of you engaging online. Uh, I wanna start with a little bit of a, a trivia question. Some of you movie buffs. Uh, what would you say is the highest rated movie of all time? And there's different surveys, but this is by the IMDB voters. What would you say is the highest rated movie ever? I want you to get some in your head there. And just to prove to your neighbor that you really weren't just thinking it, you had it right, just tell them. What movie do you think it is? Tell your neighbor right now. All right. That was a really long movie title right there. <laughs> All right, how many of you said Shawshank Redemption? Can I see your hands? All right, I see your hands all over. Yes, Shawshank Redemption is number one. And so here's an iconic image from that uh, movie that was filmed, by the way, nearby at Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield. The warden here in this picture discovers the secret opening that leads to Andy Dufresne, the main character's escape. And you see his friend Red back there on the left behind the prison warden, wrongly accused, Andy, who's not in the picture there because he's gone, um, has spent an impressive 19 years tunneling through the wall of his cell with a rock hammer. 19 years he does that. And remember how he covers the hole to this ever-growing tunnel? He covers it with what? A poster, that's right. And that poster for Andy had this, it represented to Andy the outside world. Uh, hope, a desire to escape uh, a normal, or to a normal life. And Andy tells his friend Red, uh, Andy says, you know, Red, sometimes I imagine stepping right through that poster into another type of life. And he's given an indication about how he's going to get out. And one day, that's exactly what he does. A whole new life for Andy. And it's a great movie. It's no surprise it's among the top rated of all time. I mean, after all, it was filmed in Ohio. Any movie in Ohio has to be among the top rated, right? I mean... So it's a story of redemption, of freedom, of new life. And like all good stories, here, here's the point. Like, why are you talking about Shawshank Redemption today? Because the second word is what? Shawshank Redemption. And every, every great story and movie, in some sense, they often point to the greatest story of all. Not about the release from a prison, a physical prison, but release from the prisons that we find ourselves in of, of brokenness and shame and anxiety and fear and all the things and being weighed down and, and that they, there's a story that is written of which Easter is the centerpiece that allows us to be free and, and to break into a new kind of life. And so Easter is not simply an event that we look back on and say, wow, that was really amazing. What a miracle that, that this man, Jesus, you know, would, be, would come back to life, but it's something that has reverberating impact all the way through history so that Easter is really meant to be personal for you and for me. You might say, how? Like, how, how does it make a difference for me today? I want us to hear from Jesus himself, and so we're gonna turn to John chapter 10. It's the fourth book of the New Testament. If you don't have a paper Bible, the Bible app is an amazing free app. And you can look there, you'll see it there on the screen, or the verses will be on the screen as well. While you're turning to John chapter 10, let me just welcome a few people here. 
Uh, those who are joining us from Olmsted Falls campus, we wanna say it was great to be with you on Good Friday. Some of you here may not know, we have another campus, same service, same message, at 6941 Columbia Road in Olmsted Falls. And you might say, well, what's the other campus? We have another campus at Lorraine Correctional, and we've been doing that for a few months now. We have two services every week, and they have the same message, and then they have a, a worship team from the Correctional Institute. In fact, those guys are tuning in via live stream broadcast right now. They can't visit their families, obviously, today, but would you just welcome them and let them know that you're grateful to have them joining us today? Yeah, really glad to have. And so we're really glad to have you guys and a lot of the staff uh, with us uh, for this time. And for those of you engaging from other places, uh, from all over Northeast Ohio, but also shout out to some of you, I know you're watching in Troy, Alabama, uh, in Boston, Colorado Springs, Columbus, Burkina Faso, some other places, we're really glad to have you with us today too. All right, John chapter 10, let's hear what Jesus says here, four verses, starting with verse seven, and here's what Jesus says, I tell you the truth, I am what? The door. I want you to hang on to that. The door for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. He's talking about other leaders, political, religious leaders who were corrupt. And, and he says, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them what? A rich and satisfying life. Two times he says what? I am the, the door. You see something up here and you go, oh, okay, I'm making a connection now, right? A door, door to something new. What does he mean by that? First, it's helpful to know that this is the third of seven I am statements recorded in the Gospel of John, that, that Jesus says things, I am, to describe something about who he is, his identity, about his mission. It also says something about us. So he says things like, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says, I'm the good shepherd. He talks about being the vine. I'm the true vine. And, you, and the people who know me are, are the branches connected to me. And, and here he says, I'm the door. So what, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by... I am the door. Well, again, he's telling us something about himself and he's telling something about us. It'd be helpful uh, to just talk a little bit about first century or, or a different kind of agrarian culture than what we live in today. Most of us are not shepherds. And if you got sheep in your backyard, I wanna talk to you after the service because I wanna hear from your own perspective what sheep are like. But most people know if you've been around sheep for a little bit, they're pretty helpless creatures. They just keep their head down most of the time. They, they wander around aimlessly. They have ADD, sort of, and then they just graze. They eat all the time. I feel like there's something about me that I'm a sheep. Uh, that's, that I like to do some of that as well. And, and they're also helpless against, they're, they're vulnerable to outside predators. And so if a wolf comes into the flock of sheep, uh, herd of sheep? Is it a flock of geese? Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> a group, a community of sheep. Uh, they don't know what to do. They, they just sort of like, they don't defend themselves. It, 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 probably, I think, is why we don't like have mascots. Like, you know, we're the Strongsville sheep. The St. Louis lambs, right? All right, we're just keeping our heads down. We're helpless and, and you know, we don't do that. But Jesus is making a statement about us. When he talks about us being sheep here, he's... <clears throat> telling us that in some sense, he's saying, you might not want to admit it, 
But spiritually, anyhow, you, you have a helplessness, you have a, a need for a shepherd to protect you, to direct you, because otherwise we're on our own against the enemies he talks about. He says there's an enemy. The Bible says that there's like a spirit world. There's, there's, there's enemy forces that are seeking to bring us down. If you sometimes feel like, man, I feel under attack, you are under attack. And Jesus says as a sheep, if you're on your own, you're, you're like in trouble. And so he says, I am the door. I'm the good shepherd. He says, what, what does he mean by that? We're not literally sheep, but when Jesus says, I am the door, those who come in through me will be saved. Man, that is, that's everything. Like when he talks about, what, what, what does he exactly mean? If you're following along in the notes, that you'll find right in our digital bulletin, right at the beginning of that, or maybe you pick some up uh, on, on the way in here, the notes right by the doors. I put down a few things that if you read in the larger context, you'll, you'll see that, number one, that he protects me and he helps me to overcome enemy attacks. Addictions, temptations, anything else that endangers me or the people that I love, that Jesus wants to come and, and to protect me. He also forgives the failures of my past. That every one of us, the Bible says, has, has failed. We've, we have regrets against a holy God. And we have a result of that is shame. Then there's a brokenness. And, and he, Jesus says, I've, I'm the door. Anyone who comes through me will be saved. He's saying, I'll save you. I'll rescue you from the failures and sins of your past. He also welcomes me into a family so that I'm loved for who I am. And he begins to make me the person he always intended for me to be. If you have a little bit of a dysfunctional family or like, I don't feel like I have a lot of friends or I went through a divorce or something else, you, you, when you put your trust in Jesus and he becomes the doorway for you, you go from being this wandering, aimless sheep that Jesus says in another passage, like without a shepherd, that you go through the door when you accept Christ into your life and he's the doorway to becoming part of a family. So he protects you. He forgives you, he welcomes you into a family, and then he's the doorway to eternal life. Uh, that that's what he offers to all who trust in him, that, that at some point we're gonna come to the end of our lives, maybe sooner than we think, and Jesus gives us confidence that when we die, that we know we'll, he, he says, you enter through me and you will be saved. That's not just religious talk, that's like everyday kind of impact. Let me just tell you a couple of stories to illustrate. This past Wednesday, I was at a, a local funeral home because there was a couple that was engaged here at Grace, and I met them a couple months ago, and um, Joe and Robin, and uh, a few weeks after I met them, uh, they come they, and they said, hey, Robin was just diagnosed with this aggressive form of cancer, stage four, and you know, it is, she looked like fine to me, and, um, but from January, I believe it was, and then she passed away this past Sunday. And younger than I am, uh, and so I'm, I'm there, I pay my respects at the casket. And then I give Joe, this Cleveland police officer, just give him a hug, and I go, Joe, I can't even imagine the loss for you. Uh, my heart aches for you. And he goes, Jonathan, he says, I grieve, but man, I, and I sense, he said, I, I have a peace. And he said, you know, when Robin told me the diagnosis, he goes, I, I sobbed. Let's be honest, he goes, I, I, I cry, I was like, wow. Here we are engaged, and, and he said, but she stopped me, and she said, uh, Joe, you realize that uh, it's gonna be okay. Because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, she goes, I can't lose. 
She goes, either I'm gonna be here longer with you or she said, I know I'm gonna be in heaven because I put my trust in Christ. She goes, I, and one day we're gonna be together again. And so Joe, obviously, you know, he's experienced great loss, but he goes, Jonathan, I, I know where Robin is today. I mean, her, her body was right there. He goes, but I know her, her soul is in heaven and one day we're gonna be reunited. How can he say that? Because Jesus is the what? He's the door, right? He's the door. He says, if you enter through me, you will be saved. In fact, a little bit later in the Bible, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, we know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus. And so we sing, you came out of the grave, and I'm going to what? I'm coming out of the grave too. You don't need to fear death when you have a relationship with Christ because when you trust him, you know that he's your doorway, that from the fear of death and anxiety and wondering like what's gonna happen, that when you, when you come through the door, through Christ, he says you will be saved and your death just marks the turning of a page to a chapter that will never end, that is way better than you could ever imagine when you know Jesus. Let me tell you one more story. Got a note from a guy who has achieved a lot of success in life on the outside. This guy has made a lot of money, accolades, but on the inside, he was, there was brokenness, the kind of thing you don't really know about until you talk to someone, you're like, wow, they live in a beautiful house and all the rest, but here's what he wrote me. <clears throat> Pastor Jonathan, and he, he says some things in the opening, and then he writes this. He says, I had these messages that would play over and over in my head. You will never be right. You are damaged beyond repair. Your life is a wasteland. So in the morning, I'd get up and go to the gym to try to work it out. But the tears continued to pour out again. <clears throat> the damage done by my father, feeling ignored by my mother, compounded by my self-medication and my sin, all of this had nearly choked the last remains of life out of me. I'd given up hope of ever feeling right about myself and ever being right with God. But these last few years, my relationship with the Lord has been renewed. I've experienced a slow but steady process of healing against all odds. Every step along the way, God has led me to another person, a place where yet one more chain could be broken in my life. For people like me, Grace Church is a freedom factory. I like that. I thought, well, that's a I hope that's, that's true for many people. And then he goes on and says, I'm living freer as a result. I... I Read that and go, wow, Lord, I love when you do that, but how does that happen? It can happen when we receive and see Jesus as our door to healing and overcoming some of the brokenness of our past, right? That's exactly what Jesus came to do, to take us from our sin and our brokenness and to say, I wanna be the doorway to something that I always intended from the very beginning. And so he says there in verse 10, he says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He wants us to live the way he designed us, to live with purpose, to live forgiven, to be confident in how he, he made us, to, to know that even in our brokenness, when he says a rich and satisfying life, it doesn't mean all of a sudden you have this problem-free life and nobody ever lets you down again. But what he's saying is this, that you'll never be alone that whatever you go through, that he'll be there giving you strength and wisdom and he takes even the bad stuff in your life and it says that he turns that into good and that Jesus is gonna be your shepherd and you'll, you'll always have his resources and his life within you to help you to be an overcomer. Jesus is the door, that's what he's saying. 
The door that opens the way to new life and hope and forgiveness and peace, a rich and satisfying life, he says. So for me to experience this, first I have to acknowledge the truth about me. I'm a helpless sheep, I'm needy, I'm spiritually, I'm separated from God, there's sin in my life, there's regret, there's shame, and I have to acknowledge, I'm my own, I am a sheep without a shepherd. I might look great to people on the outside, but in the inside, Jesus' diagnosis for me is that I, I'm needy. And that's what I learn about myself. I, I can't do it on my own. I'll never earn my way to God. I'll never be good enough. That I, I need someone, and Jesus says, and that's why I came. I am the door. So he tells us something about us, and he tells us something about him. Now, when he says, I am the door, he doesn't say, I am a door. He says, I am what? The door. You go, that's pretty exclusive, and, and that's right. Jesus doesn't say there are many doors to God. There's not many doors to heaven. There's one door. That sort of offends our modern sensibilities today, doesn't it? We go, wow, that is, but it's the clear message of this book. Let me read you one more verse from Paul the Apostle in 1 Timothy 2. He says, there is, how many gods? One God, how many mediators? One mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for whom? Everyone. So it's not only exclusive that Jesus is the only door, but he, he, it's inclusive in that he says, I came to purchase freedom for, for, for everybody. Like, you know, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, right, will have everlasting life. So he invites everyone, including me and including you and your best friend and your mom and your neighbor and your colleague at work. And he invites all of us. He says, when I came as the door, I came to purchase freedom for everyone. Here's where a lot of people miss the point, though. There is a very big difference between seeing a door and walking through the door, right? If you're over on this side and you're, you're, Jesus says, you're a sheep, you're needy, you need help and all, and all the rest, and, and you go, hey, there's the door right there. I believe Jesus is the door. I, I accept, I believe he, that's who he is, and that does not impact your life. You can believe in Jesus, you can talk about it, you can think you rose from the dead, but until you actually receive Jesus, until you say, Jesus, I need you and I'm accepting you as my only doorway to forgiveness and to purpose in life and to confidence in heaven, Jesus, I come through you as the only way to get to the life that you intended for me. I believe you are the door and I receive you into my life. Until we take that step, him being the door is not really impacted our lives and Easter just becomes an event in history. And so our theme today is this. You'll see the title at the top of your notes. It says this, the only way in, what, is through. You gotta go through the door. Acknowledge Jesus. It means you look to Jesus. You say, Jesus, I acknowledge the truth about me. I'm separated from you. I'm not living the kind of life that you intended for me. Jesus, I, I acknowledge the truth about you, that you came as the door, the only door, and, and I I accept you, I trust you, I, I invite you to come into my life as my door to forgiveness, my door to purpose in life, my door to adoption into your family, my door to a, a home that is waiting for me in heaven. So let me ask you, here's the big question, you ready? Has Jesus become your door like that? 
Have you trusted Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to invite you to come into my life and have your rightful place in my life. I acknowledge I'm like a lost sheep spiritually. And Jesus, I need you to be my doorway into what you always intended for me. I know some of you might be here today because you're like, you know, I'm really here today. I don't really go to church very much, but Easter dinner is a whole lot better when I went to church with mom and she's just happier and she's not like, you should have been at the service this morning and everything like that, so you're here. Or your significant other or, you know, somebody else. I wanna tell you, you did a good thing. I'm really glad you're here, but can I, can I just let you know, it's not a surprise to God that you're here today, that those of you engaging in lives, it's not a surprise that you turn on your device and you're, you're part of our online community, that, that, that God knew a thousand years ago that you were gonna be sitting where you are Easter 2022, and he wanted to get your attention long enough to, to say this, to say, you matter to me, and I know all about you. I know all about your regrets, and your, I know you better than you know you, and I came for you. I came to purchase, by the cost of my life, freedom for you and forgiveness and, a, and a adoption into God's family. I came for you. And so the question really for us is this, is, do I accept that? Like if I trusted Jesus as my door, you maybe came to service today, I, I didn't think I was gonna make any kind of commitment in my life today, but God's talking at your heart. And you know, like I, I spiritually, I don't think I have it together. I'm sort of wandering around and I need Jesus to be the door of my life. I'm gonna close in, in just a little bit with an opportunity for us to talk to God and to say, Jesus, I need you to be the door of my life. And I, I receive you into my life. I believe that you are who you say you are. You know what the promise of the Bible is? John chapter one, verse 12 says this. To all who believe in Jesus, accept him as their door, he gives the right to become children of God. Like you become part of his family. Let me just clarify something here. When you walk through the door, it's, it's something where your life, you're, you're in a new kind of life. You're handing the controls over your life to Jesus. You're like allowing him, you're saying, Jesus, you're in the driver's seat of my life. And it's no longer my way, but it's your way. You're not just the one who forgives me, you're the, the leader, the Lord of my life. And so Jesus, I, I'm, I want you to be everything to me. I want you to be at the center of my life. And so it's not something that you just make a, a light decision, it's something you go, this is big consequences. But can I also say this? There are big consequences not to make that decision. Because if you come to the end of your life suddenly, and I do so many funerals for people who had no idea when they woke up that morning that that was their last day. And I'm not sure they're ready sometimes. But when they are, I'm like, thank you, Lord. This person was right. I know they're ready. You were the door for them, and you had come into their life, forgiven them. You were the leader of their life, and, and this is a day of celebration that they've graduated to heaven. I want you to be ready for that day, that Jesus is your door. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you a chance to pray in just a moment. But before we do, there's just, um, I want you to hear some of the stories from people here at Grace. You'll recognize some of these faces if you've been here for a little bit, of people who said, Jesus became my door. Let's listen to their stories. Here they are.
when I realized when I watched my wife and daughters walk out the door to go to church one day that I needed to make a change. My battle in fighting depression and anxiety led to a suicide attempt when I was in fifth grade. I was namelessly lost. I was facing a future of brokenness and failure. When I was only 13 years old, my grandmother passed away. That was the first major pain and sadness that I felt in my life, uh, something I still shed tears over 10 years later. It left me with a lot of questions, doubts, and fears about death and life. I was facing insecurity, and I felt like everyone hated me. After undergoing over 40 surgeries throughout my upbringing, I was bitter and angry at God. Following medical trauma and the loss of my mom, I stopped living, just basically existing day to day. I decided to walk through the door to grow my relationship with Jesus as a family unit. But when I decided to walk through the door, I found the greatest freedom and joy in surrendering my life to Jesus. But when I decided to walk through the door, I was given a new name, and now I am daughter of the Most High. But when I decided to walk through the door, I met him, and he rewrote my story. And I started attending church with my grandfather, and that was when I walked through the door, and those uncertainties turned into trust, freedom, and faithfulness in Christ. But when I decided to walk through the door, he showed me love, and I became a new person. But when I decided to walk through the door, God turned my heart of stone into a heart of flesh and reminded me that my illness is not my identity. When I decided to walk through the door, God's strength became my salvation by giving me eyes to see and ears to hear and an open heart to love and a mouth to speak his message. Wow. And that could be any one of us. You know how they began was they had a conversation with God because we said it before, you can't earn that. You can't deserve it. You can't just jump through religious hoops. It just starts with a conversation with God and receiving the free gift of his grace and saying, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to forgive me, to lead me, I want you to walk with me from this day forward and give me the strength that you have for me to be the person you want me to be. So I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. I'm gonna pray first for all of us and then you might be ready today to say, you know what, I, I need that. I know the truth about myself. I don't understand everything, but I know that I need Jesus in my life. I'm gonna invite you to pray with me and you'll see the prayer on the screen. You can look up there. Or you can just close your eyes, whatever you wanna do and follow along silently. I'll, I'll, I'll pray. Really, the key is the direction of your heart. So I'll pray first, and then I'll tell you when it's time for you to join me, okay? Let's, let's pray. Father, there are people here today who have never begun a relationship with you. They know about you. They believe in you. Maybe they even think the Easter event is real, but they just haven't ever really known you or invited you in. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage right now open their heart and their mind and their life to you. And, and now I want to invite you to pray. Dear God, I'd like a fresh start on life. I don't want to stay the same. As much as I know how, I invite you to take leadership of my life. 
Thank you for loving me and forgiving me and for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins and set me free from the fear of death. Jesus, I want to open up my life to you and get to know you. I invite you to be the leader of my life from this day forward. I want to learn to trust you. Please put your spirit in my life to direct me. Thank you. In your name I pray, amen. You know, when you surrender your life to the Lord like that, um, he makes a promise to you. You might go, I, I, all I do is to like invite him. And, and that's all, it's a gift of grace. He, he washes away all your failures and the sins of your past. He gives you purpose and strength for today and he guarantees you a home in heaven for your afterlife. That's what he wants to do. And so you can count on that. And it's a new journey of a relationship. Like any other relationship, you sort of grow it and nurture that. And that's why we are here as a church as well.